Mario sounders on the board. Did we do that at some point? Mario? Mm-hmm. Nah, we've never done Mario. I thought I had like a... I thought I had a Luigi. I, I meant not specifically Mario, but like Mario Brothers universe, you know? Yeah, that I mean? I think it would be great if we had like a, here we go! Right. Let's go! Let's go! Like anytime we were about to dive into just some really outlandish bullshit. Just the top of every show, like just now when I wanted that button and didn't have it. Here we go! Dude, for the record, I don't think you've been listening to this podcast. I recommended it a while ago, but the This Is Important pod. I've never listened to that podcast. So back when I recommended it, they did not yet have a soundboard. Blake has now gotten a soundboard and just keeps adding more and more sounders that we regularly use. Dude dude is just completely, obviously, unintentionally, has no idea we exist. But now it's going to look like I've been biting workaholics forever, even though we did it like four years prior to them even having a podcast. Hey, are we sure? Are, are we, we sure sh- that, that Blake Anderson doesn't listen to our show? Are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess we could. Are we, could we hit him up. sure? We no, we could find out. I guess he's I, just out I here being like, doubt it. He's just out here being like, look, we're way more famous. So as soon as we use the sounders, we have this proof is, though. We got receipts for that's having what I'm saying. used we, these. We've got episodes from like twenty. 17 where i'm doing it but yeah he had the uh the stone cold give me a hell yeah on the one i was listening to today really yeah man there's a bunch of them it's it's bad news i mean it's good news he he has good taste he's right they're funny (laughs) but it looks bad for us Uh, no it looks bad for him man (laughs) that's what that's what this sorry ass show come on man do better i do better bro get be, aren't you supposed to be like a writer or something? Be creative, yeah. bro. Y- y'all are actual comedians. What yeah, the we're... fuck is that, kid? We just fell into being sort of kind of funny on the internet. I'm out here mixing mixing drinks after I hit record for some reason instead of before. I'm I'm pretty proud of you for putting your cup and your pouring uh, can behind your microphone so as to. Not really just, just fully your, you should have foleyed your, your pour, man. It would have been perfect. Well, there'll be another one later. I decided I'm going to drink during this episode. I haven't done it in a long time. It could be fun. All right. Game on. Right. Game on. Right. Hi, everybody. Yeah, Hi, everybody. A, it's, rough start. it's the Sorry Sweary about Boys. No, we're good. We're good. It's the Sweary Boys. That's Spencer. I'm Ryan. This is the What If Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's nice to see you or hear you oh, or be heard. Oh, oh, I'm gonna do her. And we are. And we mm-hmm. are going to do her indeed. I put, I'm all right, man. I put ice cubes in my glass too. Just fucking rookie moves on rookie moves over here. Clinking. We can both clink right into just our clanking and clanking and drinking, bro. Mine's clinking just barely because I have one big cube in mine. Nice. You got the the orb. The orb cube. Orb, orb is all no. Yeah. No. Um. You seem no, like I'm a guy good, that man. might keep some fancy ice on deck. I can see that. I have. I do have big square cubes, but not oh, okay. big round cubes. Oh. Right, right. I definitely want to get uh, what? What I'm just trying to picture. What? What do you put the big square cubes in? Not too many glasses can can accommodate a, a large, a literal cube. Like, um, they're they're the size that you can drop one in a pint glass, and it goes into the pint glass, but doesn't get to the bottom of the pint glass. Hmm. Okay. And if Fair your rocks enough. glass is big enough, it for sure goes into the bottom of that. Like it would fit in one of, one of these joints that I'm drinking out of. It would absolutely uh, fit a, in one of those low, joints. Low ball? Is that what that's called? It is called a low ball. Hell yeah! Fucking crushing it. Ask ask your Ooh. former bartender what kind of glassware this is. Yeah, I wasn't a real bartender. I was like a fake stand-in bartender. Man, it was. What, what does that mean? I mean, it means I worked at a restaurant and sometimes I poured drinks behind the bar, but if someone had come in and been like, Hey, I need a Manhattan and, uh, you know, bop, bop, bop. Like I would have, I would have had some struggle bus time. Manhattan's easy, bro. It is. Uh, that's a bad example. But like, 
like I could pour the hell out of a beer and I can like I can do some like pretty common mixed drinks. Does it go are you do you pull it towards you or do you push <laughs> push the tap away from you? Bro, you'd be surprised how many people like if they were if you weren't behind the bar and they were mad impatient and they tried to pour their own beer and just just foamed a glass like instantly. A lot of people don't know how to well, do yeah, it. But a lot of drunks. you cats What's that? Yeah, they're drunk though. I mean that's they got a distinct disadvantage. No, 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 no. I'm saying like because the bartender would be the one who poured the beers for the servers to like take them out to oh, their tables. Oh, oh. I was like, so, if someone's reaching over the bar to pour their own drinks, they are fucking mistakes. hammered yeah. drunk. <laughs> no, yes, they I are making mistakes. I them to be doing anything correctly. No, no. I'm saying sometimes servers who are not trained behind a bar would be like, I'm going to pour the beers for my own table to make this process go faster. And then they would just fuck it up terribly and like foam half their glass. And Got it. Got it. It was a mess. And then they were shamed. And then they were shamed. And then you as bartender just threw that glass full of liquid at them as punishment. Rude. I'm just kidding. I never did that. Yeah, I never never worked in bars or restaurants. Probably I like should have. It, I mean, I would I feel have been, like I'd be horrible at it. I was going to say, I feel like everyone should, and I feel like you'd be really bad at it. And <laughs> I say that with all the love in my heart. <laughs> I, no, I 100% agree on both of those statements. It, it feels like, uh, like, you know how, um, some, some countries have mandated service where like everybody does a year of military service or two years of military service after high school or whatever. Those countries would not be for me. I feel like we should do that, but your year or two of military service in this country should be, you have to work in the service industry for like a year or two. Sure. I feel like I got a similar experience though. In education, working in education. Sure. Like, especially lower levels of education. If you're like a, a, a paraprofessional or a teaching assistant, something like that. Yeah. It's basically a service job, except you get paid less and all of your clients are like children. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> See, okay, but the, and the main difference. You can't be mean to them under any circumstances. You can't be mean to them, but also like your wage. See, the thing about the service industry is that your wage for the day is determined by how people decide to tip you, you know? So I've heard. Yeah. And I feel like, like the main difference there is that as long as like, you keep your job by the end of the day, you get a dependable day's wage every day in education. Whereas like in service. Define dependable. Okay. Fair point. Consistent? I, 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 I saw your face and I was like, low. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like there'll never be a day where like five, you get five tables of your nine tables for the whole afternoon and people are just horrible assholes and you make like $13. Counterpoint. If as a ser- <laughs> if as a server you get bit, you've had a really bad day. That's true. As a <laughs> as a uh, as a as a teacher in uh, working in with like, elementary EBD kids for thirteen bucks an hour, being being bit at six thirty in the morning for thirteen bucks an hour, I feel like it, it gets you to the same point of accepting that like the world is a terrible place, and 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 you're gonna need to like. Be nice to people because it's terrible for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or or if you're me, just like at that moment, decide that you just never want to have a real job. <laughs> None of these jobs could possibly be worth it based on your education and what you're actually qualified for, which is like almost nothing. I- <laughs> Any job that I'm qualified for fucking sucks. <laughs> Man, it's, it's just true. That delivery just really killed me. That was real good. <laughs> Which is almost nothing. I mean, now I, uh, after after taking a few years off, it probably is nothing. I'd have a hard time even getting a teaching job now. I bet. Well, maybe not right now specifically. I, I bet you'd have one in forty eight hours if you wanted one right now. But yeah, I, I, I was thinking about saying. it the other day. I was like, I could either, I could get like real fat and get a teaching job and, and get way closer to getting a vaccine. <laughs> I mean, that- I, I did the little like Minnesota 
state health department questionnaire thing the other day. Sure. And answered no to every single question, which I'm assuming puts me dead last on their list of people to vaccinate. Oh, we've talked about this before, man. You and I, you and I are healthy 30 somethings. We're not, who who work from our houses. We're not, yeah, we're not getting vaccinated until like fucking November. I mean, we'll, we'll get vaccinated when everyone can get vaccinated, which, you know, hopefully is like July or something. We'll see. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. But anyway, I was like, hmm, I, I bet there are jobs that I'm qualified for on the, the Minneapolis public schools website right now. I bet I could eat real good for two weeks and be technically obese. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm an obese teacher and I'm going to need a vaccine in my yeah. arm, please. Right. I could arrange both those things within two weeks, probably. But then are you just like the women who dressed up as grannies in Florida to try to trick a vaccination site into vaccinating them? No, I got to deal with the consequences of my actions as now actually being a fat teacher. <laughs> it's not, I'm not saying that's I'm not, not a costume, but I've actually become that. That's not a costume, but then you would just lose the weight and quit the job. Well, sure. But <laughs> well, for, a, sure. for a while I would, you know, I would be a, f- a fat guy getting paid a couple bucks to hang out with kids. I'm I'm having a really good mental time imagining you, Spencer Worth Davis, like waiting a table. <laughs> just like just like a thing that I've literally I'm not exaggerating. I've literally done probably close to a thousand, if not a couple thousand times in my life. And I just am just I'm just going through watching you do that. And I just I Here's the just, thing. it wouldn't I, work. It just no, well, it wouldn't work. I would be really good at it like 70% of the time and I would be absolutely like on the, on the spot fireable the other 30% of the time. <laughs> That's a hundred percent correct. Because as soon as someone looked at you sideways, you'd be like, God, I don't know. You're getting the, your own shit. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. There's a restaurant across the street. Go fucking try over there. <laughs> Go be a dick over there. Goodbye. Dog It's $10. Who cares? <laughs> We're gonna take me anyway. Like, Get the fuck out of here. And they'd be like, "Well, sorry, you you can't can't work <laughs> here now that you did that thing." I feel like in the in the right situation, like I could I could bartend at like a dive bar where that shit is like part of the shtick, you know. But I would just mean it. <laughs> I don't think at a lot of dive bars, it's not part of the shtick. It's just part of the culture. It's just like I guess person- I, yeah, maybe. Stick is the wrong word. Part of the like, you know, the expectation, I guess. It's like we're not we're not buddy buddy here. And if you ask for something shittily, you're gonna get shittily responded to, and that's right. on you. <laughs> right. Like I, I could have worked like uh well, the problem is I also hate all those places. But like you know, Dive one bars? of those Huh? Dive bars? Well, I was going to start naming some Minneapolis ones, and I was like, oh, I don't like that place. Mm, that place mm. is racist. Mm. <laughs> Usually mm. those places where people are are all dicks, it's uh, because they're dicks. Yeah, there's that. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Any hoot nanny. I'll, this just keep been... being, I'll keep being dicks to no one in particular on the internet, and people pay me for that instead. Sounds like. I'll make my sounds... own drinks at home. <laughs> I'll make my own I serve myself. I overserve myself. Indeed. Oh fuck, bud. What's uh what's bringing you joy this week? Mmm. Mmm. Oh, this is uh an update for you and for the the Patreon listeners. Yeah, but see, is that do you have to tell the whole story now? Cause I, I thought about asking you about it, but I feel like you gotta either tell the whole story. I mean it's a short I can summarize the story in <laughs> seven words the summary the summary of the story is there was a squirrel in my house <laughs> what big what has, facts what has brought big me joy facts. is that there is no longer a squirrel in my house <laughs> we we got his little fuzzy ass and he's been returned back to the wilderness 
Okay, but I also feel like there is so much context that is missing from there was a squirrel in my house because that could mean some really insane things. Yeah, not not like in the living space of my house. Not so loose it, like Christmas vacation in the in the Christmas tree. Loose. I never I never saw him. I only heard him. <laughs> Them. I shouldn't assume that squirrels are are men. <laughs> I mean, some, well, I guess none of them are. Some squirrels are male. No, no squirrels are men. <laughs> There's a man in my attic. He, he has a fuzzy tail. He's about 12 inches tall. That's the, I'm sorry, that's sir. The phone are you talking about us? That's the phone call I made on Friday morning. <laughs> He's real little. I mean, it's not a very big space he's in. Yes, excuse me. There is a small, furry gray man in my house. <laughs> what? Yes, he has a very fuzzy tail plumage. <laughs> Sorry, are you talking about a squirrel? A sm- yes, a, a man. <laughs> a man squirrel. So the second floor of my house is, it used to be an attic, and then they, you know, finished it and, like, busted out the sides and whatever. So it's like a story and a half situation. And so the, like the, the walls of our upstairs now go to like, you know, there's only like eight inches or something between the ceiling and the roof. Right. Right. And at the very top of my house, there's this little triangle of unfinished space and then a vent at either end of the house for that warm air to escape. And after living here for 10 years on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, a squirrel decided to chew their way through that little vent which is metal by the way turns out chomped through a metal vent just to climb into this little like i mean it's honestly it's probably like a maybe a foot across by like less than a foot high and it just it is like a tube that runs the length of my house and this dude was just going ham running back and forth directly above my bed in the ceiling of my house on thursday so I was upstairs taking a shower and heard like, honestly, a foot and a half from my head, something scuttering around. Anyway, they're gone. You never want to, you never want to hear it. You never what has brought me joy it. after sleeping on my couch for two nights because hearing a squirrel running laps six inches above your head is just not a condition that I can sleep in. Mm-mm. The little bastard is gone. He's safe. Our house is now occupied only by humans and golden doodles again. And Sir, all as well. Arrest that man. I'm sorry, which man? The small one. Sorry, are you talking about hey, there's an intruder Spencer Dow's nine one one. There's an intruder in my home. First of all, first of all, I would never call the cops. Even on a not, squirrel. Not even on a squirrel. Anyway, that's what I got. My house is my house again. God humans bless and, humans and dogs only. God bless it. I'm I'm glad you've uh, you've reduced the number of living creatures to an acceptable <laughs> amount. Down to three creatures, two species. Everything is as it should be. Hell yeah! Um, what's, what's bringing you joy, buddy? My joy this week is that it's literally seventy degrees warmer than it was five days ago did it really get to negative 30 that feels like temperature was oh well that's not literal then <laughs> i mean okay it f- literally feels 70 degrees warmer outside <laughs> than it felt five days ago sure 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 uh which is just a vast improvement and i went for a walk yesterday in a hoodie and a vest and yeah. didn't freeze and that brought me joy to feel like I am not restricted to the walls in my in my house or I will literally die in like 15 minutes. Yeah, I just uh, didn't take the dog for a walk for like nine days in a row. We took the dog for a walk yesterday. Muka, like, first of all, pulled us like a sled dog for an entire <laughs> hour's worth of a walk because she was so like... Ha ha, everything is mine. The world is mine. I'm back. And then we got back into the yard and she decided she wanted to 
play fetch with a ball for another like legitimately 45 minutes like she had fuck yeah two weeks worth of husky energy i mean she had done things too it's not like we did nothing with her but we just were not walking her on and if any of y'all have huskies you know husky energy is it's this is thing, fucking nuts right here they're 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 little nutter butters they are yeah man marcy got two walks today because it's a big boy and it's warm out <laughs> let's go it yeah, also newer. unfortunately is that temperature now where uh it, the only upside was when i let my dog out in the yard when it's real cold out she would poop and pee and bring her ass back inside bang 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 now, now she just wants to hang out now it's 35 degrees which by many stretches is still pretty fucking cold and she's like oh no 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 I, I live out here now. Like, either you could have to come get me to bring me in the house if I'm ever coming back in the house. Marcy fell asleep in the yard this afternoon. Perfect. <laughs> it's above freezing? I bet he, yeah, I can sleep out here. This is good. Was he a literal puddle afterwards? Uh, No, but because our, our sidewalk is, like, cleared and he was laying uh, on the sidewalk. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Our house is a, our yard is a big sloppy mess right now. All right, buddy. I got a topic for us today, but before that, I found something just outstanding right before we started recording that I need to share Uh-oh. with you. Let's so do Ryan, it. You're familiar with uh, Skinwalker Ranch? I am. The paranormal hotspot in Utah that we've discussed in the past here on this show. I would also say f- ad nauseum. Are you? <laughs> yeah, maybe too much, honestly. <laughs> are you familiar with the current owner of Skinwalker Ranch? Brandon Fugel. I don't. Um, I feel like we've talked about the ownership transition, but that does not ring a bell. Okay. Have we talked about he, him? We. It may have been more on the Patreon when I was watching that just terrible but endlessly entertaining mm. Skinwalker Ranch History Channel show last year. Sure. I don't know how much that bled over to here, but uh, this Utah businessman guy named Brandon Fugel bought the ranch a couple years ago, I think from Robert Bigelow, or maybe there was one other owner in between. Yep. Are you familiar with Post Malone of of Crocs fame? I, bro, if you tell me Post Malone <laughs> bought Skinwalker Ranch, we're about to... <laughs> no, no, but close. Oh, he, sweet. He visited yesterday. Oh, uh, okay. And Brandon Fugel posted... Three hilarious photos of the two of them together. Oh, fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe the three photos to you in the order that they appear on Brandon Fugel's Twitter account. The first one, they're inside the like Skinwalker Ranch war room, which is it's like a little walk-in closet that has three TV screens and some computers where they can monitor like the security cameras and shit around the, the ranch. Okay. Post Malone is wearing all black. He's got like black cargo pants on and a big black parka. He's given a peace sign with his left hand. His right hand sure. he can't see. And he has just a giant gun strapped to his chest. Oh my god. Some sort of oh. ver- some sort of very large rifle that goes from like his nipple down to past his knees. I don't know anything about guns, but that that boy is big. Okay. Um, Brandon Fugel is standing next to him, giving him the the side hug. Their okay. faces are about six inches apart, and with his with his right hand, Brandon's flashing the uh, the hang loose sign. He's he's uh, banging hang loose on the camera. I'm I'm pulling these up so that I can I can have the. Wow. Okay. Also, they are they are indoors, maskless. Uh, just all their faces are almost touching. <laughs> Whoa, bro! But, you know, Utah. Uh, photo number two. Brand, they're wearing the same thing, except now you can see their whole bodies. Brandon Fugel is dressed like the fucking priest from The Exorcist. He is wearing a full length black coat. A black turtleneck, black pants, and then some hilarious, like, maroon sneakers of some kind. They look like Jordan 21s or some shit. He, he's got a very, um... They look like what, what Michael Jordan wore when he played for the Wizards. 
Oh my god, he's got he's got a very he's got a very uh, Matrix vibe going on. Mm. But also, he may dunk on you. Yeah, I guess there's that. Yeah, they're standing. Or Post Malone is sitting on a chair, and Brandon's standing with his hand on his back. Post still has the same, just obnoxiously large rifle in front of him. Because you're gonna shoot the shoot the ghosts or skinwalkers or Bigfoots or whatever is out there. I mean. Look, if by some chance a bison or steer or whatever it was randomly transports itself into your oh, space, right, 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 right. You're going to want to shoot it. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think that'd be necessary. I, I mean, I, what if? I mean, I mean, if Bigfoot be. comes out of a portal, maybe. Maybe you got to yes. give him a quick pap pap just to show him what's up, but a quick pap pap <laughs> seems pap. seems a little aggressive. Also, I don't know why Brandon is like it's like the uh it's like a kid posing for a photo with his dad. Like I don't know why he has his hand on his shoulder like that. Why one of them is standing? It's they're there's inside a, this weird abandoned building that's falling apart. There's Maybe, like a very um a very strange... I'm getting, like, a weird militia vibe from these two. Like, like we're gonna... We're gonna hunt the Earth when things go south. It's like if there were a, an outreach program for priests to rehabilitate child soldiers. <laughs> but it were... It, but in Eastern Europe. That appears to be what's happening oh, in this photo. Very, very. Maybe really well done. Maybe my favorite part of the photo is that on the windowsill, Post Malone clearly has a Bud Light in a koozie. <laughs> Bro, I mean, I don't think he goes anywhere without one, as gotta, far as I'm yeah, able to tell. Gotta rep the team, even on God, on I want to drink Ranch. a fucking Bud Light with Post Malone really bad. Oof. And then in the last one, they're standing, it looks like, outside of this abandoned building thing, Homestead 2 or whatever the fuck they call it. Uh... Post is giving the peace sign. Brandon is giving some weird, like, thumb out peace sign. I don't know what <laughs> what that sign is. The number three. And uh, Post has... It, his tactical pants are more clearly in view this time. Oh, very tactical. A lot of pockets. I'd Re say too many. He's got the reinforced knees on those joints. Definitely knee pad situation. Yeah, Gonna be doing a lot of kneeling when those when those haunted UFOs show up. I mean, he's just preparing for like if he's got to run, you know, he might. He's, he has a walkie-talkie strapped to his shoulder. Like, what does I, he think he's doing I, out there? I did see that. Part of me wanted to know, like, do you get assigned a walkie-talkie and a big gun by the people who run Skinwalker Ranch as a way to be he's, like, listen, he's with the guy who owns Skinwalker Ranch, though, who doesn't have a walkie-talkie strapped to him. Who is post talking to? I don't know. Maybe he's got a fucking. Maybe it's Brandon Fugel's army. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but Brandon does not need to communicate with. They've no. got the telepathic link up. He's sending him out there. He's like, you, you go explore. <laughs> go explore my land. It's really just, just brilliant, man. Um, there's a there's a full write up courtesy of KUTV that. Just it has all the photos, but also an interview wait, wait. with with Brandon Fugel. This is this is all a good description, and we'll link to the photos so you guys can check out check this out. But do we have the context for like why this happened, or do you just discover this like right before we hopped on? I discovered this like while I was waiting for you to log into this Zoom call. But got it. This uh, two TV article says. Fugel says Post is a paranormal enthusiast who reached out to him about touring the ranch. It turns out the two had friends in common and have since become friends. Hmm? Okay. Um, quote from Brandon Fugel, who apparently was interviewed for this article. Post Malone and I were introduced through mutual friends and business associates and became friends as he is extremely interested in the paranormal with the dream to visit the ranch. Fugel tells Two News that Post was specifically interested in the scientific technology and equipment that scientists use at the ranch. 
Host also helped out with some investigations while he was at the ranch. Oh, let's go. That See, that's what I'm talking about. He got given guns and equipment. I guess. Uh, apparently, Post Malone also spends some of his time in Utah and owns a home there. He said, hey, Post, shoot that mountain and see what happens. <laughs> if Nothing. you see a Bigfoot coming out of a portal, kneel down and shoot the bastard. Your knees hey, will be just fine. Hey, Post, start chanting these words into that walkie-talkie and listen. <laughs> See what comes back. Yeah, and then there's just some, uh, oh, shit, big reveal here, buddy. Uh-oh. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch Season 2 is scheduled to launch the first week of May with 10 new episodes. Uh, you know they were filming an episode. <laughs> there's... No way they were not filming an episode with Post as a guest on Skinwalker. First, Robbie Williams shows up in that Jeremy Corbell documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. Brandon Fugel has to one-up him and get Post Malone on his shit. The See, and now, now the fucking giant unnecessary gun and tactical pants and walkie-talkie makes way more sense. Because it looks cool on camera? Because they're like, oh, this shit's serious, okay? <laughs> the ex exploration we're doing here is serious. So what would make that look serious? Uh, a visible walkie-talkie, okay? And I'm a businessman, but I also need to look serious, so black turtleneck it is. Black turtleneck and some Jordan 21s. That's, hey, my, that's my look hey, today. Hey, but listen, the terrain out here is tough, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to shoot me from the knees up only, and I'm going to be wearing my hoop shoes to to be able to navigate down. I'm not trying to roll an ankle while anyone, we're shooting this episode, okay? If anyone needs to be exercised while while we're filming, I've got it covered. Holler at your boy. <laughs> hey, look, either I'm going to exercise him or Post is going <laughs> to shoot him in the face. <laughs> so we'll, we'll solve plan that a, problem one way or the other. All right. <clears throat> to our real topic, half an hour into this episode. Bum, bum, bum. What you got what you got i've got the cryptos sculpture in langley virginia oh you familiar okay. i'm not sick i wasn't either there is a sculpture by jim sanborn on the cia campus in langley virginia that was uh erected in no on november 3rd 1990 okay and it's in this courtyard area outside of the uh, the CIA cafeteria. Okay. It's 12 feet tall and about 20 feet long, and it's made... The, the main section of it is four copper plates that are then surrounded by some quartz, granite, petrified wood, and a little, like, moat, almost. There's, like, water that is below the ground filtered uh, around the sculpture. The copper plates have a total of 865 letters, like, stamped or, like, stamped out of them. So they're, the shapes of the letters are cut out of the copper plate. Okay. And each plate, there are four of them, holds one-fourth of an encrypted riddle. So the letters look like just random letters. Um, if you, if I were to read... The first plate to you, it says E-M-U-F-P-H-Z-L-R-F-A-X-Y-U-S-D-J-K-L-Z-D, so on and so forth. Okay. So the whole thing is a, is a cipher. Interesting. That was encrypted by the sculptor Jim Sanborn. So far... Three out of the four have been solved, and the fourth one has not in the now 30, coming up on 31 years that this has been on the CIA campus of all places. Three out of the four plates have been solved, as in like the riddle of those three is something that you can like read now? So each, yes, so each, each one of the four quadrants is a separate like statement Got that it. has been encrypted in a different way. Got it. And huh. if you com if you combine all four, you get a solution to this riddle, mystery, whatever it is. Interesting. So the the first 
three were solved, well, twice independently because the two parties were not in communication with each other. Um, David Stein, who worked at the CIA, he was a CIA analyst, solved the first three in 1998. And they, the CIA formed like informal task forces basically to try and solve these just for the hell of it on their lunch breaks and after work and shit. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So just do we know yeah. how the, the CIA acquired it? They commissioned a sculpture and this is what the dude built. <laughs> I, fuck, I fuck with the vision. I fuck with the vision. He was in communication with the director of the CIA at the time. Um, so there, there are three people who know the actual solution to it. The sculptor, Jim Sanborn, um, who, uh, William Webster was the CIA director at the time. And then when he retired, he passed the solution on to the current CIA director who is, I don't remember his name. I don't either. And I think it changed not that long ago too. Jim Sanborn, the sculptor and the CIA directors from 1990 until now, in theory, know the solution to this thing. Huh. However, Sanborn said in an interview, quote, I wasn't completely truthful with the man, and I'm sure he realizes that. I mean, that's part of the tradecraft, isn't it? Deception is everywhere. I definitely didn't give him the last section, which has never been deciphered. So Sanborn has said, like, I gave him a solution, but also I lied to him, and that's not really the solution. Okay, so this guy's basically created a a riddle that has been I was going to say like partially solved, but he's not being fully forthright about whether it actually has been solved or is he saying No, so the the fourth part has definitely not been solved. The first 3 have the, the problem is... Oh, he's saying I'm the only one who actually knows because someone thinks they know the fourth part, but I didn't even tell them the right fourth part. So he, he when he built the sculpture, gave the key, basically, to the CIA director at the time. But then later said, actually, I didn't give him the right key. I'm the only person who knows the real solve for this thing. Got it. Jim Sanborn runs a website where he, for $50, he will evaluate your solution to see if it's correct. Oh, we are in the wrong business, bro. <laughs> right? Oh also, my God, he, dude, we're in the wrong business. Fam, he got paid a quarter million dollars for the sculpture in the first place. And now, and now just years, collects $50 paychecks every, probably once a day with someone trying I mean, to solve it, it. It's gotta take, you know, a few minutes at least to like read through somebody's solution to it but also 50 bucks for a lot of them you're probably tossing in 10 seconds being like no that's obviously not that's not it right you could do a hundred of those in a day if you want to we've talked we talked about this with the one guy who does the the random like treasure hunt puzzles and you like pay to get the clues for the treasure hunt or whatever yeah that's like sort of what this guy did, except for some reason he just decided there's no prize. Well, I don't, I don't think he intended it that way, though. I, I think he, he <clears throat> thought it would be solved much sooner. Especially being on, like, you have everyone who works at the CIA looking at this thing every day while they're eating lunch. And I would imagine you said you said the first three panels were solved in 1998. Publicly in 1998, the NSA actually solved it first, but didn't tell anybody. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> bro. That's that's just their trot, being all secretive and shit. Damn. That's but yeah, it was, it was solved multiple times independently, or the first three were solved multiple times independently within the first five to ten years. But this fourth one has been chilling for 30 years and no one's <laughs> been able to figure it out. So the first... Three. Let me let me give you the the deciphered versions of the first three. The first section reads, after being deciphered, between subtle shading and the absent absence of light lies the nuance of illusion. Oh, that's it. That's section one out of four. Say it one more time. 
Between subtle shading and the absence of light lies the nuance of illusion. Got it. I guess I thought it would be a lot more than that because you said the whole thing has 825 characters. So if you split that into four, two, two and three are much longer. Got it. Um, okay. Section two, after being deciphered reads, it was totally invisible. How's that possible? They used the earth's magnetic field. The information was gathered and transmitted underground to an unknown location. Does Langley know about this? They should. It's buried out there somewhere. Who knows the exact location? Only WW. This was his last message. 38 degrees, 57 minutes, 6.5 seconds north. 77 degrees, 8 minutes, 44 seconds west. Layer 2. Yo, that goes hard. (laughs) (laughs) I fuck with it. So WW... WW is the Woodrow Wilson. No, it's the it's the dude who was in charge of the CIA at the time, who I just said, William Webster. And then the degrees, minutes, seconds are latitude and longitude, um which equate to somewhere in well, let's just zoom in. It's somewhere on the CIA campus. Oh, yeah. And in subsequent interviews, um, Sanborn has said that you need to be physically on the grounds of the CIA to solve this riddle. Oh, interesting. So he's using the actual like geometry of the place or something. Maybe. I mean, he talks about something being buried. So who knows? Um, It's. Okay, is, it's a point 174 feet southeast of the sculpture. So it's like very close to the actual sculpture. Is this a treasure hunt or is it just a cipher? We don't know yet because no one's figured out part four. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, and Sanborn has a- never... Sanborn has never said like what this actually is, if anything. But like there could be a gold at the end of the rainbow, but no one would know. Uh, not yet, at least. Yeah. So the, the first two were in, were encoded in the say or uh, encoded, whatever, encrypted in the same way using this method where you take, I don't fully understand it, but you, it involves a keyword and then you're using that word repeated over and over and over again in a in a chart like a a matrix basically yeah and you find like where certain letters intersect and i'm just not smart enough to understand this shit but it's yeah. it's a it's a method of encryption that uses a specific keyword got it so um, the first it's called sounds- uh vi- Hmm. I was going to say there's a name for it and I can't think of what it is. It's a, it's a French word that I don't know how to pronounce. You ready? Yes. V-I-G-E-N-E-R-E. Vigenere? I don't fucking know. That's not the word I was thinking of, so never mind. <laughs> but I mean, I believe you. It's named after a French guy and it uses Tight. a keyword. Tight, 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 tight. So the first two use the same method of encryption, which is like a, I think, a relatively well-known encryption method. Passage three, after being decrypted, says, or deciphered? Deciphered. Slowly, desperately, slowly the remains of passage debris that encumbered the lower part of the doorway was removed. With trembling hands, I made a tiny breach in the upper left-hand corner. And then, widening the hole a little, I inserted the candle and peered in the hot air escaping from the chamber. Caused the flame to flicker, but presently, details of the room within emerged from the mist. Can you see anything? Which is, huh. a, which is a quote from Howard Carter's account of opening the tomb of Tutankhamun. Whoa. 
uh, from the 1923 book, The Tomb of Tutankhamun. Interesting. I actually wondered that with the second panel when you read it, because it sounded like a like a direct like quotes or reference or acknowledgement of something. Right. There's there's very little uh punctuation in these two that he uses four question marks in the whole thing. But there's oh. no other punctuation. So it's a little I, I probably read that quote somewhat awkwardly because it's just all run together. Hmm. So those are the first three. We have something about shading and light and illusion. Also, illusion is intentionally misspelled. It's I-Q-L-U-S-I-O-N. Don't know why. Weird. And then we have the the coordinates and the something being buried in the Earth's magnetic field. And then we have a quote about opening the tomb of King Tut. Those are the first three. Shit went bad real quick. <laughs> I haven't been pressing enough buttons because I'm drunk and leading an episode about encryption. <laughs> Sorry. Who the fuck knows? This why see this why we gotta we gotta find a way to digitize it so I can click the buttons. Too. We need to just hire a full time button pusher. Oh I'll, man, what I'll a hit, gig. I'll hit up Blake's agent, see if he's busy on on non this is important podcast days. Just shout Shout random obscenities and push random buttons. That's all you got to do. Hey, you're famous. We'll give you zero dollars to push buttons and make jokes. Well, no, we'll give you like thirteen dollars an episode. <laughs> it's just it's like a it's a we'll you, you know it's an olive branch mm-hmm. to show you we care more than asking for something for free. It's not we you know it's not going to you know change your lifestyle, but we also know you're listening. So, so Blake. <laughs> hi, hi at whatifpodcast.com or 612-246-4614 we know you like our sounders and that's okay hey look it's okay we like them too and so do all our listeners oh man we need fucking help buddy all right so passage four the unsolved passage um four four times i think sanborn has given clues about this last passage because no one has been able to solve it for 30 years oh in 2010, he said that, oh, also the fourth one, part of the reason it's so hard to solve is, well, twofold. It doesn't use the same encryption method as the first three. And it's significantly shorter. It's only 97 characters total. Okay. Which actually makes it harder to decipher because letters repeat less often. Sure, you have less context to compare things against to be able to find patterns right makes sense um okay so in 2010 sanborn said that the 64th through 69th letters in the passage which are n y p v t t after being decrypted uh become berlin like the city in germany oh so we know how to decrypt, or not how to, but what those six letters decrypt to, and we know that Berlin is somehow involved in the clue. Interesting. Four years later, in an interview with the New York Times, Sanborn said that the 70, 70th through 74th letters, so immediately after Berlin, the letters MZFPK become clock after decryption. Okay. So we have letters 64 through 74 are Berlin clock. Also noteworthy that K somehow decrypts to K in this cipher. Right. So somehow letter, again... I know nothing about encryption or ciphers or anything. I'm not sure how it works that a letter could decrypt to itself. Well, depending on what it's referencing, there could be a, like a cipher key somewhere where the corresponding letters could be the same letter, but could also be other letters. Like if you have a, a keyword or something 
Yeah, you know like if it references something else. Yeah, or like a yeah, I guess the key could be a page of a book or something. Right. Uh in that same interview in 2014, Sanborn said that in order to solve passage 4, you need to delve into that particular clock. So he's saying there's something about a specific clock in Berlin that you need to know in order to solve this fourth section. Which Wikipedia says is presumably the Berlin clock because it says Berlin clock. Although there are apparently some other famous clocks in Berlin. Germans are known for their match, their watchmaking matchmaking. (laughs) Germans are just constantly dating each other. Watchmaker, watchmaker, make me a watch. I thought that was the Swiss. Germans are good at making watches. Yeah, aren't there a couple famous German watch companies? Couldn't tell you. They make good microphones. That's about all I know. I think there's at least a couple. Okay, so neither of those were enough to solve it, apparently. Yeah. And about this time last year, he did another interview with the New York Times, he being Sanborn, and said that Letters 26 through 34 in the cipher, which are QQPRNGKSS, are the word Northeast. I mean, there's only 96 letters in this fourth piece. We're at like, and we've got three words. Yeah, Yeah. right. And he said uh, in August of last year, that letters 22 through 25, which are F-L-R-V in the sculpture, yeah, be- become east. So we have, let's see, northeast is uh, eight letters, 12, uh, 13. Yeah, we have 19 of the 97 letters. And so, yeah. And no one's been able to solve it still. We're at a quarter of it almost. So interesting. I always almost exactly a fifth, but yes. What's that? It's almost exactly a fifth, but close enough. So the thing that I'm always like tripped out about when these things happen is I'm like, this guy with all the shit in his brain is just banking on the fact. That like, I mean, because I, I have to imagine you want it solved, right? Like there would be some sort of satisfaction, even if it's not public, like as the guy who made it, you probably want to see this yeah, completed and- in your lifetime. And you're like just banking on the fact that you're not going to fucking up and kick the bucket randomly and go to your grave with all of the context that might be needed for this thing to ever be fully understood. That just right. seems well, and dice. He said that he didn't anticipate it taking this long to solve. Um, also, to your point, he's 74 years old now, Sanborn is. So, you know, my guy's got a decade or so. and So in a, in a New York Times article from, this was the January 2020 article in which he gave one of these clues, he said, quote, the ongoing process is exhausting. It's not something I thought I'd be doing 30 years on. <laughs> you know what, bro? It makes sense then that as a 74 year old, you got to charge $50 because it's probably like a barrier to entry. Right. For people who are actually serious and want this dude's attention to be like, yo, I think I might have something here. Otherwise you just get, 800 emails fired off to you every single day. Go, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And he's literally the only person with the solution, according to him. So, so for him to delegate it anywhere. Right. So for him to be able to verify whether it actually has been solved or not, he's got to be the one to actually look at it. He physically has to look at every single proposed solution. Yeah. But he can't just indulge every moron in the universe is like, does it mean this? Does it mean that? Does it mean this? Does it mean that? So, to your, he sort of answered that question you just asked in this New York Times article. Yeah. 
Uh, he said, quote, for the past few years, I've been trying to figure out how to have this, quote, system survive my death, and it has not been easy. Uh, he's decided that if the code is not broken when he dies, the secret will be put up for auction. <gasps> Whoa, dude. Quote, I do realize that the value of cryptos is unknown, and perhaps this concept will bear little fruit. But he said the buyer could reveal the secret or perpetuate the mystery and maintain the system for submissions. He said the money raised would go to funding climate science. Okay. So he's going to, he plans to, I mean, I, I don't know. He said if the code is not broken when he dies, the secret will be put up to auction. You can't auction something after you die. So I don't know if he has like it sealed somewhere and someone in place to auction it off or what the deal is there. But my, my guess would be it's in he's written in some sort of will and testament a solution to it or he's written out what the actual like decryption so cipher is. His lawyer or something has in a safety deposit box or a an envelope fireproof that is safe like, somewhere. Yeah, right. Here's the end of cryptos and you can sell this to someone or give this to someone or whatever. So. What's interesting to me is like obviously the the main driving force here is just the thrill of solving the mystery. Right. Right. But it's been implied that like there might be something of value involved here. It it seems like I mean the the like just to just to get to like the language piece there's a lot of like finding and coordinates and like like it feels very treasure hunty. Yeah. Except and if you're Sanborn, is it not in your interest to call attention to that truth in some capacity with your clues to drive further attention? Well, I mean, he's admitted that like this has not gone the way he thought it was going to go. So like maybe he... If if I were a sculptor who's not like a trained code breaker or in, yeah, cryptographer or whatever the word is, I might assume that the hardest thing I can come up with is not going to be that difficult for the entirety of the CIA and the NSA, <laughs> right? apparently. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like every, every government agency, you have the people who are literally the, the best in the country, if not the world at this stuff, staring at this thing every day. At work, and yeah. like with, with the probably, ability with the ability to pool their knowledge, it's not just like one at a time. Like the entire CIA could work together on this if they wanted to, and at times, like big chunks of them have. He's he's probably going like, damn, did I just like, did I like make a bad here? Did I <laughs> did I do did I like screw this up? Did I get right, one like, letter this, off, and now this is an unsolvable cipher? Well, and, and some people have, uh, there's a, there's a guy, Carl Wang, who is a, uh, I forget what his qualifications are, but he, he's solved the first three and has been working on the fourth one. Yep. He described it as the first two parts are straightforward enough that nearly anyone with a simple education in cryptography can solve them. The third is much more advanced and the fourth is borderline impossible. I love it, bro. <laughs> I, I fucking love it so much. I love being like, yeah, I fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. I made a fuck you cipher. Well, I mean, there are ways to encrypt something that are like impossible to solve. Right. Or with like, if you, if you encrypt something to, one key that someone doesn't have access to, then it would be unsolvable. Correct. Which Correct. Which is, which is another thing I was thinking about the whole, like one of the things you've done by making it potentially reliant on Langley is you've reduced your number of participants specifically to the number of people who go to Langley or are allowed to go to Langley, but to participate well, in your cipher. I think there's a distinction, though, because he's not saying you need to be physically present to decipher the text. He's saying to solve the riddle of the four pieces combined, you need to be on site. Because in this in this Times article, Sanborn said, quote, 
um, the phrase itself is a riddle. It's going to lead to something else. It's not going to be finished when it's decoded. So I think what he's saying is once you have all four pieces to then solve whatever riddle those four pieces together tell, you need to be actually on site in Langley. Sure. But if you just have the text of the four pieces, you should be able to decipher them. You might not be able to act on what they say, but you should be able to like actually have the text. Got it. So, well, the point is different, but the point does still sort of stand that the amount of people who could like fully bring this thing to fruition is technically limited by their need to be president Langley. Sure. Yeah. Like the, Although the I would, to your point, the decoding could be universal, but the actual, like whatever you want to call it, the completion of the riddle requires yeah. there be a pretty small amount of people who can actually get you there. I would guess that's likely a, technicality though sure like I, I would assume if if i presented the correct solution to sanborn and he emails me back and says yes that's it and i go to the cia and say hey here's this email from the guy who made your sculpture saying that i solved it can i can i come look around for five minutes yeah like i mean i mean who knows maybe they say no but like yeah and especially now they probably for sure say no but yeah I'm, if you present them the actual solution, they would probably let you see it through, I would guess. It also, depending I think on depends, what it says, I suppose. Depending on what it says and depending on how invasive the like requirements yeah, you gotta dig, are. You gotta dig some shit up. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, Jim Sanborn said I could dig a fucking 30 foot hole, uh, like right <laughs> here. No. Right. You it, can't. It, it's directly under your desk. Yeah. Hey, could you stand up? I got to dig a hole here. It says a but, 30 by 30 foot hole, actually. So I want to need everyone this in this building to not be in this building anymore because I'm about to take this building uh, apart piece by piece. Um, I guess I so I to go back to a, a thing that I said, I think that my point still stands, though, that like. If there were a treasure here of some kind, a like if this were more of a true traditional treasure hunt, there still would be some value in being more explicit about that because you would put more eyes on the decryption process of your fourth panel by there being a monetary value attached to it, right? Like just inherently. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm not at all like convinced that there is something to be won in a in a monetary sense from solving this thing i'm not either i'm just i'm i'm saying like it seems like there's like a lot of things leading to things things here and yet i feel like if you were gonna do that you should tell people that or allude to that so that people are thinking of it more like forest fens treasure than they are thinking of it like an interesting yeah, i don't think that's puzzle. the intent yeah otherwise you yeah you wouldn't place it on you know like one of the most secure campuses in the world <laughs> right which again you're limiting your options for getting a real solve here but at the same time limiting it to only like those who should in theory be most qualified to solve it and yet 30 years out you're looking at your watch going like fuck bud <laughs> right fuck Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, he obviously wants people to solve it or he wouldn't be out here giving clues every couple of years. You know, like he's given right. us 20% of the whole solve or the, the, the final panel solve. And he's probably he walking wants someone some, to figure it out. Right, right. And he's probably walking some pretty thin line at this point where it's like, I can only give so much more before it's going to be like ding obvious. And again, this this comes back to me not understanding how encryption works, but when you have that much of it, like how is there, there, there's seemingly been no progress on that other 80%. Right. How is it that you can have the solution for 20% of it and not make like an inch of progress on the other 80? Right. Right. 
and again, maybe that just comes. I, I feel like it can't be unsolvable or reliant on like a specific key because he also wants people to solve it, right? Like you wouldn't, he didn't intentionally make it unsolvable. He thought people were going to figure it out relatively quickly. So it can't be something that obscure. Particularly because he knows there's a whole nother step here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You still then have to put the four together and and solve for whatever that is. Like the, like the decryption is step one. (laughs) Right. Of, of a two-step uh, yeah, process. According to him, at least, yeah. Right. Which would be great if he's just fucking with people and there's really nothing there. This is just a 30-year troll of, would the, of there, the CIA. Oh, my God. Would there be a more <laughs> just aggro troll ever? This yeah, dude man. just really hates the government. He <laughs> yeah, just straight a quarter up... million of your, of your dollars and piss you off for the next three to four decades. He just straight up, like, with the fourth one, he just, like keyboard mashed and the fourth one just bump 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 all right well whatever my fingers just hit that's the letters the fourth one just decrypts to eat my shorts (laughs) jkf you eat my shorts bro (laughs) paid you a quarter million of dollars for this you can't say jkf you eat my shorts that's fucked up it's a fucking youtube link to the rickroll video (laughs) oh my god yeah that's the the actual video id number is the just what it decrypts down to right right but it's like it's like the long form one with the https and shit at the beginning so it comes oh, out to yeah. 97 characters oh interesting it's a website mm, mm. <laughs> we've got that part down <laughs> oh it links to a youtube video i wonder if this is part of the clue <laughs> he, he made it before youtube but you know whatever never gonna give you up <laughs> all right buddy well That'll God bless you, Jim. Uh, we'll keep an eye out. I hope I hope it gets solved. I like puzzles getting solved. I'm sure as fuck not going to be the one to do it because I'm not it's, nearly smart enough to try. But and we we can barely read regular <laughs> but, letters. But God, but God bless those who uh, who have the skills. Look at you, motherfucker! Look at you, motherfucker! And look at you, motherfucker! Hey, you! That's right, you listening right now. You, Me? you made it. You made it to the end of this day. You made it to this year. You made it to this moment, and because of that, we're proud of you. Life's not easy, okay? It's beautiful, but it's also hard, and we're proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, motherfucker. motherfucker. I just you wanted to agree here. with you, but I forgot how long that one is. <laughs> <laughs> we, Sorry. We, uh, we love y'all, and we care about y'all, and we appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you Hell for being yeah. here. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show in other ways or get yourself some cool stuff, you can go to shop.whatifpodcast.com, get all oh, kinds yeah. of swag, merch. Spencer's making up for all the buttons he didn't press while telling this story right now. Oh, shut <laughs> up, bro! There's mugs. There's the put it on the list poster. All that stuff is at shop.whatifpodcast.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614, the email is hi at whatifpodcast.com. We read them all and we listen to them all. We just don't always respond to everything. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps. Uh, our Apple Podcast, not iTunes. Show. That's not a thing anymore. I don't even hear that one. (laughs) Shit's going (laughs) off the rails. We love you guys. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you next week. I'm a big kitty, dog.